0: Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover-to-Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 109 of Reading the Bible Cover-to-Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for your word. Impart more wisdom into our hearts today in Jesus' name. Amen let's see what's happening in Matthew chapter 20. Jesus starts with a parable explaining how the kingdom of God works. A man hired workers for his field. Some were hired early in the day and worked the whole day, others midday and others at the end of the day. Interestingly, the man who hired these men decided to pay those last hired first. He did this to prove a point. He wanted the first hired to see they were being paid the same wage as the last controversy arose because those who were hired first thought they deserved more wages than those who had only worked an hour or so. Jesus' point is that those who become Christians in their last breath are given the same heavenly reward as those who had been saved their whole lives and worked for the kingdom diligently their whole lives. This may also tie into the parable of the lost sheep when Jesus said the angels rejoice more over the one who was lost than all those who already believed. In any event, in verse 16, Jesus said, So those who now are last will be first then, and those who now are first will be last then. For many are called, but few are chosen. Let us not be weary in well-doing, my friend. Let us keep working to learn more of God and his ways and serve him as he asks us to serve. He is a generous God, and his will is that all will come to know him, whether it be in their last breath or their every breath. Then we see a mother's heart. The mother of James and John asked Jesus for a favor, that her two sons would sit, one at his right hand and one at his left. Jesus knew she really didn't know what she was asking. This was an honor he could not give them. And it stirred up strife between the other disciples, between James and John. Jesus quickly quieted them down and told them the greatest among them would be the one who serves. In fact, in verses 27 and 28, he said, and whoever desires to be first among you must be your slave. Just as the son of man came not to be waited on, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The price paid to set them free. Yes, Jesus served until his last breath was breathed. How might we serve today? I love the last five verses of this chapter. Two blind men called out to Jesus. The crowd told them to be quiet, but they yelled to him all the more. Jesus asked them what they wanted him to do for them. Of course, they wanted their sight and he willingly gave it to them. Jesus is waiting for us to call out to him as well. And we can expect the same response. What do you want me to do for you? We need only tell the Lord what we need and he will hear us. Let's see what Paul is writing Timothy in Second Timothy chapter 2. In verse one, Paul writes, So you, my son, be strong, strengthen inwardly in the grace, spiritual blessing that is to be found only in Christ Jesus. We need this encouragement, too. There are days we feel weak. Sometimes we give in to these feelings, while other times we don't. So how can we recover from weakness or emotions that spiral out of control? This passage tells us the secret to regaining our strength when we feel like collapsing. It is God's grace. Paul tells Timothy, the grace found in Christ is the only thing that can truly strengthen our spirits. Jesus strengthens us when we are weak. He comes to our aid when our strength is gone. I just forget this sometimes. I forget to call upon the Lord first and instead call a friend or a family member, hoping for a little sympathy, hoping they will tell me what I want to hear, hoping they will give me permission to give into my emotions and feelings. I'm seeking permission to be less than my best when I should be praying for the strength to do as God asks. My first responsibility is to the Lord, not to the world. He helps us get through the upset, obstacle, or hindrance that keeps us from doing his work. The enemy is constantly seeking to move us off of God's course, constantly trying to derail us and thwart God's will. If we know where the negativity is coming from, we can fight to stand our ground, fight to stay connected to the Lord. Paul also writes about enduring suffering like a soldier and to keep himself, that is Timothy, from idle talk and conversations. Verse 21 says, so whoever cleanses himself from what is ignoble and unclean, who separates himself from contact with contaminating and corrupting influences, will then himself be a vessel set apart and useful for honorable and noble purposes, consecrated and profitable to the master, fit and ready for any good work. Yes, we must keep ourselves from anything that can corrupt our being or spirit, for the enemy is always at work to try and keep us from God and his best for us. Let's see what's happening with the Israelites in Judges chapter 7. As the Lord was readying Gideon and the Israelites to battle against the Midianites, he wanted to show himself magnificent. So God gave Gideon instructions on how to send men away from battle. 31,700 men were sent away, leaving only 300 men to fight the Midianites. The Lord gave Gideon a sign that he would overtake these people, which were described as being like locusts for multitude and their camels were without number, as the sand on the seashore. God gave all these people into the hands of the Israelites, who were just 300 in number. Even in this, the 300 split into groups of just 100. When they blew their trumpets for war, all the battlemen fled. The two princes of Midian were captured and killed. Yes, God overtook their enemies with just a few hundred men. In chapter 8, Gideon continues to wage war and win against his adversaries, As his troops were faint from fighting, he came upon towns asking for food, but was denied. He spoke against them and told them he would be back for them. After taking more lands and driving out other peoples, he returned and dealt harshly with those who would not provide his warriors with food. When Midian was completely defeated, the Israelites wanted to make him their leader. Gideon told them that the Lord would rule over them, not himself or his sons. He gathered up all the gold earrings from the spoil and made a sacred high priest's garment out of them. The Israelites had peace and rest for 40 years. But after Gideon died, the Israelites turned to worship the Baals again. Psalm 109 is written by King David and is about the betrayal of Jesus by Judas. David is asking for vengeance against this adversary and all who are against the Lord. The second half is a prayer for deliverance, a prayer for strength. David ends with verses 30 and 31. I will give great praise and thanks to the Lord with my mouth. Yes, and I will praise him among the multitude. For he will stand at the right hand of the poor and needy to save him from those who condemn his life. Yes, the Lord cares for the poor and needy. He has compassion on those less fortunate, and he often chooses the lowly to lead his people. He sent Moses, who should have been killed, down a river to be saved by Pharaoh's daughter. He chose Gideon, the least in his father's house, and from the poorest tribe. He chose David, the youngest son, a mere shepherd boy, to be king over his people, and he sent his son to this earth in the lowliest of circumstances. Yes, the Lord chooses and helps the poor. We are not forgotten, my friend. God sees you and loves you. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for your perfection and your perfect plan. Lord, help us stay strong in our pursuit of you. Strengthen us to serve you as you ask of us, Father. Thank you for showing us you care for the lowliest of people. Thank you for caring for us. May we be yours for eternity. In Jesus' name, amen.